We found that all tested breast tumor tissue contains a higher concentration of oxalate than their counterpart non-pathological breast tissue. Moreover, it was established that oxalate induces proliferation of breast cells, that's generally bad, uh, and stimulates the expression of a pro-tumorogenic gene CFOS. Again, bad. CFOS is generally known to be very strongly associated with cancer formation. Furthermore, hold on, there's more. Oxalate generates highly malignant and undifferentiated tumors. These are both very, very bad when injected into the mammary fat pad in female mice. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. Now, I apologize, I've had a little bit of a hiatus for the last six weeks or so, a little bit of an impromptu break. I apologize for that. I know it was a little bit unannounced, just had a few things going on in my family personal life, but we are back with the Meek Medic Podcast, and today we are talking about oxalates. Now, I'm talking good about oxalates because I've been doing huge amounts of works with oxalates lately with patients, and we are going to be talking about oxalates and breast cancer today and could oxalates be an issue in causing breast cancer all right let's get to it so i'm going to pull up this article now i've spoke about this one before and uh, i'll put a link to the previous video somewhere over there uh my, my kind of bigger video about oxalates this is going to be a relatively shorter episode today focusing on breast cancer uh, as of course always links will be in the episode description so this study here from 2015 published in bmc cancer by uh, castorello uh, et al um, oxalate induces breast cancer i'm just quickly going to read the abstract but we will actually delve into the article a little bit today i'm not just going to be reading from the abstract that's not what i do so uh, I usually just go down to the results part when I'm showing this to patients. Of course, if they want, I will go through the article. But I just want to highlight these parts here to set the tone. We found that all tested breast tumor tissue contains a higher concentration of oxalate than their counterpart non-pathological breast tissue. Moreover, it was established that oxalate induces proliferation of breast cells. That's generally bad. Uh, and stimulates the expression of a pro-tumorogenic gene CFOS. Again, bad. CFOS is generally known to be very strongly associated with cancer formation. Furthermore, hold on, there's more. Oxalate generates highly malignant and undifferentiated tumors. These are both very, very bad when injected into the mammary fat pad in female mice. But interestingly, not when injected into their back, indicating that oxalate does not induce cancer formation in all types of tissues, at least not when injected into female mice. So uh, basically, this is what we're talking about today. Does oxalate have a role in breast cancer? Now, I'm going to say this straight up. I cannot prove that oxalate causes breast cancer. No. Can I prove that oxalate is the only cause of breast cancer? No. Can I prove that it's a cause of breast cancer? No. What I can say is it does appear to be quite strongly associated. And well, for me, if I was a woman, I would be a little bit concerned chowing down on all that spinach, nuts, seeds, grains. These are the really high oxalate foods that we are told are really, really good for us. But what if they actually are not? What if they are not 
good for us. Now, I did cover this in the previous episode, as I said, the dangers of oxalates. Make sure you check it out. I'll put it over there somewhere that way, that way, probably that way. Uh, make sure you check that one out. But let's get back to breast cancer. Now, I actually had a patient fairly recently, not with breast cancer, so I can't say that, but breast pain. Um, chronic breast pain, pretty much all their life from, or all their adult life, basically, and never a cause identified. But they came to me and I said, look, why don't you try going on this low oxalate diet? It's known to be associated with breast problems. Why don't you see what happens? They gave it a go. Two weeks on a low oxalate diet, their breast pain that had for, I think, over 20 years, had it gone, just gone. Chronic breast pain just gone away. No cause was ever identified. Mammograms, ultrasounds, everything basically just showed benign breast cysts. Nothing really wrong there. Very common. But what if there are actually more? What if, the, what if there's more to the story? And it would appear, in this lady at least, the oxalates were maybe causing an issue. Now, she wasn't game to restart them and see if that was a, an issue. But basically, the likelihood is that oxalates actually were an issue. Now, we know that oxalates are associated with breast cancer or at least breast disease. We know that there's very strong associations. I'm going to show you some other, uh, again, all the links in the episode description. I'm going to show you some other articles as well. Uh, calcium oxalate is associated with benign breast tissue. Now, this is a slight, obviously, disagreement with what I'm saying, but I will come back to that because there's more to the story, perhaps. Um, oxalate is not calcium oxalate. Actually, let's talk about it now. Oxalate is not just calcium oxalate. Calcium oxalate is a the biggest cause of kidney stones. And I'm going to get slightly off topic here. I digress a little bit, but I think it's important. Calcium oxalate is the most common form of kidney stones. And actually, a low oxalate diet used to be the treatment for kidney stones. You know, back in the day before surgery and drugs, you know, tamsulosin, alpha blockers, things like that to help to try and pass these kidney stones. Yeah, basically the only treatment was pretty much you had to go on a low oxalate diet. Otherwise, you just got all these kidney stones. But I don't even really remember the last time I even met, heard anyone mentioning a low oxalate diet or just oxalate at all, even calcium oxalate to a patient with kidney stones. Um, I did actually have a, no, that's, not, that's actually not true. I did have a, um, a letter from a urologist not that long ago where they actually were talking about all of the things that they could do to reduce oxalate in their diet without actually saying the word oxalate. They just never actually used that term. Uh, but it was effectively a low oxalate diet that they were actually talking about. Uh, so yeah, to be fair, people do talk about it. But calcium oxalate is actually different to oxalate. And I've got a couple of other studies here talking about the detection of microcalcifications. Again, look, all of these links will be in the episode description. Uh, this title here from 2023, the prospects of using structural phase analysis of microcalcifications in breast cancer diagnostics. And if we just go down to the abstract, I'm not going to go through this whole paper because it's very long and it's a little bit boring. Uh, so I'm not going to go through it. But basically what they're talking about here is that they know Calcium oxalate is associated with issues in the breast, but we think, as far as we know, calcium oxalate, again important, calcium oxalate, not just oxalate, is associated with benign breast disease. Now, benign simply just means not cancer. That doesn't mean it's harmless. It doesn't mean it's 
a walk in the park. It doesn't mean it's a perfectly nice, happy time. No, like this woman with 20 years of breast pain, that's still benign. It's not cancer, but she's got 20 odd years of breast pain. That's pretty un unnice. <laughs> unnice, that's not even a word. It, it's pretty horrible for her to have 20 years plus of breast pain. I mean, how nice it is that it's gone away with a low oxalate diet. So just because we say it's benign doesn't mean that it's totally harmless. It just means it's not cancer. Um, again, what they're talking about here is oxalate microcalcifications versus these hydroxyapatite, which is thought to be very strongly associated with cancer. But again, we're talking about calcium oxalate, not just oxalate. This is important. Now, I'm just going to come to this main article. So this is the this is the article I'm talking about today. That's the abstract on the screen now. If you're watching on YouTube, hi, thanks very much for watching. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, again, links in the episode description. So I'm just bringing up the main article, the full article, sorry, here. Oxalate induces press, uh, breast cancer. Cas um, Castellaro, sorry, I said it wrong earlier, et al. in 2015, published in BMC Cancer. And I just want to go down the page, skipping all the way down to the bottom of the page somewhere here. I think I highlighted it. If I didn't, there we go. So just going down into the discussion section of this paper, I just want to highlight this text here. And it says, we have seen that only oxalate as the free iron has a carcinogenic potential, but not calcium oxalate crystals. Now that is important. Again, calcium oxalate different from oxalate. Calcium oxalate means it's bound with calcium. Now still potentially problematic, as we know it's very strongly associated with benign breast disease. But when, when oxalates are free, as they're talking about here, again, if you can see on the screen here, this free ion, it has a carcinogenic potential. Now, again, they're not claiming it causes breast cancer. They're just saying it has a carcinogenic potential. But that's important because these other studies, calcium oxalate is associated with benign breast disease. Again, calcium oxalate. We're not talking about free oxalates here. Uh, this structural mineral analysis, again, talking about breast cancer, uh, benign breast disease, sorry, with calcium oxalate, different to free calcium. Again, this uh, secondary study here, looking at clinicopathologic update of calcium oxalate in breast, a 15-year retrospective review. Again, calcium oxalate, not free oxalate. I think it's very evident here that what we can probably say is oxalates are very strongly associated with breast problems, albeit benign or cancerous. But again, I do want to hit that home. Benign doesn't mean that it's harmless. Benign doesn't mean it's a walk in the park, excuse me. Benign doesn't mean it's not a problem. Benign just means simply it's not cancer. But what if, I want to pose a question. What if these calcium oxalates were actually a problem, but they've been neutralized in some way by the body, by binding them to calcium. And that's why we're seeing calcium oxalate associated with benign breast disease as opposed to malignant breast disease, because the body's actually binding to the cal binding the oxalate to the calcium. What if we didn't have enough calcium and we just have a lot of these free oxalates roaming around? Well, if we go back to this page again, where are we? The free ion somewhere here. There we go. Uh, where are we? The free ions. Let me just find it on the page there. So 
yeah, the free oxalate as ions. That's the problem here. Could that be an issue with breast cancer? Well, maybe. Is this why we see seemingly perfectly healthy women getting breast cancer? Maybe. Again, I can't say that. I can't claim that. I can't claim it's a cause for cancer. This has not been proven. This is an association. But it's a pretty strong association. Again, if we look to the abstract, what we can see here, we found that all chested breast tumor tissue contains a higher concentration of oxalates than their counterpart non-pathological breast tissue. Now, it was actually 10 times the value. 10 times if you actually go through the paper. Again, links in the episode description. 10 times concentration in cancerous breast tissue than non-cancerous breast tissue. That is quite a significant amount. And it was a statistically significant. If you go down into the paper, you'll see it. That's quite an important factor. Plus, when they injected it into mice, it generated, so this is causative now, generated highly malignant and undifferentiated, very, very bad tumors when injected into breast tissue in mice, into the mammary fat pad, that's fat in breasts. Not into the back, interestingly, but into the breast. Now that doesn't mean again that this causes breast cancer in humans. No, I can't say that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this is a very strong association with breast cancer in humans. And it's basically causative in mice. Now, human beings are not mice. No, but we're not that dissimilar. I don't think you can take an argument, uh, a study that looked at mice and said, well, this definitely applies to humans. No, but we have causation in mice and we have a very strong association in humans. What is the likelihood that that extends, that causation extends to human beings? there's probably a pretty reasonable chance. Again, with these things there, when we look at association, let's go back to the study. This is association. This is not causation. I want to make that point pretty clear. I don't want to be accused of saying that oxalate causes breast cancer and claiming you know, causation when it doesn't know. But when we talk about associations, we need to think about what is the bias? What are the confounders? What are things and factors that may be influencing this? Other that could be maybe, could it down, be down to chance? Well, what are oxalates very high in? Well, typically actually very healthy food. So oxalates are typically very high in foods like spinach, very strong contender, nuts, seeds, grains. What are we told to eat? What are we told is good for us. Well, basically, yeah, same thing. Spinach, nuts, seeds, grains, along amongst other things. So if somebody's eating those things, and that is generally the health advice, what is the chance that they're actually following the health advice? What is the chance that they're actually smoking, drinking, doing things which might increase their risk otherwise? Well, probably less than someone who's not eating oxalates. 
because what are you what are you eating if you're not eating oxalates? Well, you're probably eating red meat, and you're probably eating dairy, and you're probably otherwise not generally following the health advice. Because you know, if you're following the health advice, well, basically you're going to be eating all the spinach and all the rest of it. So, if somebody's following the health advice and they're eating oxalates, they should have a lower risk of breast cancer because they're likely to be following other health advice like not smoking, not drinking. We know these are big risk factors for breast cancer. So that likely means that that's not really a bias. There's no what we call healthy user bias is what I'm saying here. And the likelihood is if you're eating oxalates, you probably have a healthy user bias. They should actually have a lower risk of breast cancer. And yet we're saying that actually the risk is a little bit higher. Isn't that interesting? So again, is this association causation? No, it's association. But we know it's very strongly associated with benign breast disease. We know from this study 2015 oxalate induces breast cancer. We know it's very strongly associated, very, very strongly associated with breast cancer in humans. And we know that it's causative in mice. I think there's probably a fairly strong possibility that breast cancer might well be an issue with breast cancer. The oxalates might be an issue with breast cancer. The oxalates may actually just be potentially causative for breast cancer. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is the only cause. No. Smoking, alcohol, other causes, hormonal issues, of course, these are problems. But what if oxalates was also a cause of breast cancer? Wouldn't that be interesting? The food that we are told is so good for us that might actually be causing us cancer. Now, the men out there, you guys can still get breast cancer. It's low risk, but it happens. So I think this is something that is very important. Um, men, also prostate cancer, this may be associated as well with um, with oxalates. And uh, in fact, I've got a very elderly patient who's been on a watch and wait protocol with their PSA and six weeks on a low oxalate diet and it had fallen for the first time in 15 years. The PSA had fallen. Now that may just be coincidence. It may be coincidence. Absolutely, that does not prove anything. It is an N equals one. But what a coincidence. What a coincidence. First time in 15 years the PSA is falling. That's prostate-specific antigen. What a coincidence that that's falling. First time in 15 years. Again, maybe coincidence may not be. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Again, I apologize for the delay uh, in getting this out and my six-week break, but I am back now. I'm going to be doing twice a week, and we've got some really good guests coming on the show. I've got Sally Norton coming on the show soon, all talking about oxalates, which is going to be absolutely amazing. So let me know in the comments, guys, if you do have any questions that you want me to ask Sally, let me know in the comments. I will do my very best to get to as many as possible. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.